Word Matters is my new series. In it, I chat with people that I admire. I ask them to identify one word that matters most to them. It's a simple ask, but not an easy answer, as on average, we know 40,000 words. I then ask my guests why. How's that word influenced them, inspired them, helped them make choices, and a focus on where they're going next? Hi, it's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Chatter That Matters, a platform populated by podcasts, video, and posts, and presented by RBC. In here, we cut through the chaos and confusion to focus on what matters most to you, and to then uncover the life lessons that can help all of us get to where we need and deserve to go. Did you watch that TV series, Mad Men, ran from 2007 to 2015? It's a period piece about a fictional advertising agency in the 1960s. And Mad Men was a slang term coined in the 50s by advertisers who worked on Madison Avenue, where most of the agencies lived. What I loved about the show was how it captured the golden age of brand building within the changing culture of America. And that's what brilliant marketing does. It identifies insights and unmet needs and then creates new products or positions existing ones. As Don Draper says, who's the star of the show, New creates an itch. You simply put your product in there as a kind of calamine lotion. Well, today on Word Matters, you're going to meet a brilliant marketer, leader, uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Her name's Ashley Gorey, and she's the fifth generation to lead Gorey Marketing. And guess what? It's Canada's oldest advertising and marketing agency. Ashley, welcome to Chatter That Matters. Happy to be here. Ashley, you're the longest standing marketing agency. And I have to tell you, I spent three decades, I built two agencies, barely survived two recessions. You're 135 years old. You've survived great depressions, great wars, and much more. That's an incredible achievement. And tell us just a little bit about what Gory does. Well, today, Gory is a retail agency. Uh, we help brands and retailers come to life where their customers want to enga- engage with them most. So how did it all start? Gory started in 1882. It was uh, two brothers who came over from Scotland. And uh, it began by them designing cigar box covers. And uh, from there, it was designing retail windows, sales promotion for brands and retailers. And over the decades, we've seen all facets of retail, from branded houses to a house of brands, and you know, category management, uh, pop-up shops, and e-commerce. So we've, we're starting to see it all. So, actually, what word matters most to you? I chose evolving. Evolving, that's an interesting word. So you've talked a little bit about how Gory evolved, but maybe let's talk about you. You're the fifth generation to lead this company. And most studies will show that failure is often the case with family succession. Uh, The real reason, I guess, is instead of choosing the next leader from a giant talent pool, you choose what's available in the family pool. Sometimes it's the next generation that feels entitled and should be gifted it. And other times it's somebody that doesn't want to let go. How have you managed to pass this business on to five generations? I'm not sure uh, that I can say that Gory came out unscathed uh, as a multi-generational family business. Uh, I do believe that Gory succeeded in passing the torch uh, from one generation to the next because they must purchase it from the last generation. And that weeds out a lot of entitlement. Uh, You gotta be pretty confident in your ability to manage the company if you're putting your own equity in. So let's talk a little bit about you, but I want to, I want to go back to when you were a child. In a lot of my podcasts, uh, I, when I talk to uh, leaders and people that have such great confidence and conviction, 
they often talk about you know early days as a child where instead of just being thought of as a child, their parents would bring them to work or uh, invite them to understand a little bit more about the marketplace. What was it like growing up in your family business? I had an amazing upbringing. Um, I feel truly lucky to have the family I have. My siblings are my best friends, and, and uh, honestly, my happiest moments are with my family. Uh, we did. We were a, a family business, and uh, I'm one of four. So on the weekends, to give my mom a break from the four kids, my dad would take us to the office. And uh, we'd run races through the warehouse on pump trucks. But I think my favorite memory uh, is of the product inventory cages, where he would put us to get some work done. And I'm, I'm not exactly too sure how well that would be perceived today. But at the time, as a re we were a retail agency for Mattel and CoverGirl, and it was a little girl's dream to play with dolls and makeup in the product room for hours on end. Um, and now I bring my boys to the office and they sweep the warehouse floor. It, it might not be Barbies, but I'm trying to pay the lesson forward. Well, that's quite a cage you were put in. I'm not sure that many kids would complain about be putting in where you've got all the, the new products that you get to, uh, to pull off the shelf. At age five, you were diagnosed with a learning disorder. Tell us a little bit about that, and were you the only sibling that had it? What was it like to, to know you were different? Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm one of four siblings, so I wasn't the only one. My sister was actually diagnosed as well. Um, I actually, um, I never thought about myself being different at all. Uh, my dad is dyslexic as well, and, and so he made it sound like we were creative people and that this was just a different way of thinking. Um, you know, I certainly thought things were harder for me uh, when it came to book smarts, but, uh, you know, that, that, that stilling of creative love right from the beginning, uh, I, I attribute it to a learning disorder. Creative love to a learning disorder. What a beautiful way to frame things. I want to take a second to give a shout out to RBC. RBC, your words matter to me. Since the very beginning, you sponsored my podcast, my posts, my videos. And together, we've looked for insights, ideas, and inspiration to help everyday Canadians and small business owners get to where they need and deserve to go and not once have you asked for anything in return and it's not just me look at future launch a 500 million dollar investment to help youth find and pursue their path in life rbc your words matter to me and to a lot of canadians you talked earlier about the fact that you know you have to buy the business to, to be the generation that inherits it or the individual run it so but it wasn't a path you were offered even wanted to follow yeah, so unfortunately, uh, the Gorey family, as, as I said, didn't come out totally unscathed. Um, there was a fallout in the family uh, uh, through the transition from the third to fourth generation, which resulted in my father taking sole ownership of the business and his cousin and brother choosing alternative paths. Uh, my mother did not want the same fallout to happen for our core family, and so we were uh, heavily encouraged to choose an alternative career away from the family business. What did you think you were going to do with that career? I actually wanted to get into uh, event marketing, and uh, that was the path that I, I was following uh, as I left university and, and started my career. Now, I've read articles about your love of creativity, but you also talk about the confidence that was built inside you when you started to realize that you were also capable of selling. Are they mutually exclusive or do you find your creative bent and your sales bent really work well for you? I believe that they, the two go hand in hand. Um, I love sales, but at first I, I really felt like sales had a negative connotation for me. I had to change my mindset around that to it being problem solving and building other people's businesses. 
And so I had, you know, early in my uh, career, I had the opportunity to pitch to a telecom company to be their agency of record. And, uh, you know, the panel was the CFO, the CTO, the CEO, the CMO, and, and I was being peppered with questions from all of them. And it was here that I realized that good sales and good problem solving is holistic and, and often root in the operations which can guide to where a great creative outcome can come from. Uh, and so this is where uh, my love of problem solving and sales came from. It, uh, it allowed me to be creative and, uh, and on the spot. And I think that's where, uh, you know, clients and customers realize that you're holistically solving a problem through creativity. So a lot of people in your position, you've, you've come back into the company, you're starting to uh, realize success in sales. Uh, it's a pretty good path to follow, but you decide to veer off a bit and on the side, get your EMBA from Kellogg Schulich. What was the motivation for doing that? I did it for a couple of reasons. Um, to my earlier uh, example of, of the telecom company, I needed to be able to answer the problems of senior leadership at any company, and I didn't feel like I had the tools to do that. Uh, two, uh, and a bit more personal, to prove to myself and, and maybe a bit to my father that I had the leadership skills to run the company. Uh, and lastly, um, should I not be part of the family business, but participating in, a, in an outside way. I needed to know what, it, what person it would take to run the company to ensure its success in the future. Evolving is more than livelihood. It also has to do with life. In 2014, you gave birth to your second son. Balancing work and life with young children, I have no idea how any woman makes that possible. But at the same time, that you were going through, you know, two young children at home, you also sat down and had a tough conversation with your dad. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, this was the turning point. Um, I returned to work quickly from all of my mat leaves. Uh, I felt an obligation to deliver on the family business. Uh, but after the birth of our second son, I needed to make Gory a place that was my second home. Um, uh, to start developing in a new direction, and I wanted to have control of where we were going. Uh, I didn't want to leave my two boys in the care of someone else without being able to create my own future and hopefully a future for them too. So um, I had a difficult conversation. I sat down with my dad and told him that I was only going to return to the family business if I was coming back in the position of CEO. And in, he seemed, in my opinion at the time, reluctant, uh, That, uh, but that could have been a father looking at his daughter with a brand new baby, or he felt I wasn't ready. Uh, both good reasons for him, but uh, I was headstrong and pushed forward. So you have a tough conversation with your dad, basically almost an all or nothing proposition. How did your mom feel about it? She was uncomfortable with it, uh, definitely. I don't think that, uh, you know, when you, you make an ultimatum like that, uh, she also was thinking of me with a young family, taking on more responsibility. Um, but, you know, I think she's always been uh, my number one cheerleader. She has always supported me. And I actually think it was the right decision for our family to make. As you mentioned at the early on in the podcast, I think it takes family to help transition uh, family. And, uh, and so, you know, it was it, for our family, it worked out quite well that uh, I was able to help transition with my father as well. In our pre-interview, you talked about the first hour on the job as a CEO, and you described it as your longest hour. Tell us why. That day will forever be etched in my memory. Uh, when my father announced me as the new CEO of Gory at the company town hall, it was crickets. 
blank stares from the company. It was an awkwardness that I can still taste. Uh, and then, and then to add insult to injury, the AV failed on my presentation, and I spent the next half an hour talking them through our growth plans with my hands. Uh, I left feeling like this was nepotism, but my parents had never handed anything to us. It was always, you must earn it. Uh, so it felt wrong, but I knew I knew this business and that we could do great things. So, you know, I had to pick up my socks and, and, uh, and carry forward. You also described the word evolving is not always a skip in the park. When you took over the business, you need to make a lot of changes. And those were changes based on a business your dad had built. How did that go? This was probably the hardest time in my management time at Gory. Uh, all of that being said, and, and COVID, what we've just gone through. Uh, the company, when I when I came on board as CEO, was not in a strong financial position. Uh, the failed retirement plans uh, that my dad had previously had, 2008 Great Recession, great retail changes. It left our industry in a challenging position and our company. Uh, we had to make difficult decisions, and I felt like the axe lady, truthfully. Um, when the team asked to meet with me, they feared that I was changing their positions. And I had to be a person or I had to be a leader uh, that inside as a person I wasn't uh, because we had to you know, make hard decisions about restructuring the organization and rebuilding our core service offering. Did you feel your dad was always on your side during that time? Uh, the truth to that is no. <laughs> However, I will say, uh, my father ran Gory for decades successfully. For the last 10 years in the marketing industry has seen rapid change. I think any agency would say that. Um, and we had to change in order to be successful. Um, so yes, I was changing and challenging everything he built. Um, but that said, he also once asked me, if I were to build Gory from scratch, what company would we be? And looking back, he did give me rope, uh, maybe enough to hang myself, but he gave me rope. Uh, and, uh, and I think it was that that allowed for us to build the trust. Uh, we broke down the organization. Uh, I approached it as a business case and removed the emotion, which I think was important in a transition of a business. Uh, and he put a credible amount of trust in me uh, in the change we were making. So what was your highlight reel? Talk to us a little bit about what you did uh, to make these changes and how did the market accept them? We became a startup, a 130-year-old startup. Uh, the team's mentality changed. We were hungry and we were scared. Uh, we were creative and we took risks. And we had a common goal. Um, I brought a new partner, Karim, who was the yin to my yang. And and that was really a big change in our organization. Uh, my, my father had run as a single proprietor. And uh, and so I recognized that sales was my strength uh, and that operations were not was not. And so it allowed for us to have me out on the road, me telling this a storytelling, creating, uh, while the organization was able to run at the same time. And I think most importantly, we wanted fun. And we made, you know, the time that you spend with work must be fun. If it's not fun, why are we doing it? But fun also comes with winning. Uh, and so we began hiring again, and we uh, brought on a board of diverse individuals from all over the world. We hired women and put them into leadership positions, and we were artists and craftsmen. We weren't manufacturers, uh, and we built strategic plans for creativity and operations, and we stopped looking at our competition and just looked ahead at what customers wanted, and we began to create solutions to the market's problems, and that was our success factor. And in terms of growth, from what I understand, you had some stellar years of performance. 
We did. We were very, uh, very lucky. Um, and uh, we've had some amazing client partnerships over these last five years. So success after success, you're gaining confidence. Your dad must be so proud of what you're doing. But something hits the entire economy that no one asked for or wanted, and that's COVID. And that sledgehammer almost took down your business. What did you do? Yeah, our, our COVID story is not so different from others. Uh, certainly retail being, uh, you know, very hard hit with uh, this pandemic. But over one week period, I received calls from our clients letting us know that our, the programs were on hold until we could get a better grasp of what COVID would be. I was devastated, truthfully. Um, the years of hard work and what seemed like just overnight was blown out like a candle. Uh, it, was, it, it felt like it was just gone. Uh, but the interesting thing was, you know, this team that we had built, this strength, this it was a muscle. And I had to learn to be a different leader once again and why I had to evolve. Uh, I thought I had to stand and be the leader and make the decisions and guide them out of this. And it was there that I realized I needed to be a transparent leader through COVID. And I did not have all the answers and that was okay. Um, and collective management and collective problem solving uh, was exactly what got us out of COVID with brand new solutions. Your dad is always being there for you, with you, supporting you. Uh, how, how did he react or help you out through this period? Uh, never the the whole senior leadership team. He uh, he never left our side. Uh, you know he's forty years working for Gore. He is our chairman, uh, and he will never never leave us out to dry. Uh, it it was wonderful to have him there as uh, my friend and a guide uh, and an advisor. Um, you know he had never been through anything like this either. So it was it was a bit of an interesting time frame for the two of us to go through something uh, that was brand new. He really is your best friend, isn't he? He is. I'm a, I'm a I'm a very lucky person. So Ashley, I think you're an incredible leader. I've heard about Gory my entire life. I never really knew how to frame it, but uh, I can tell you that the people that work for your company uh, must look at you very differently than they looked at you that first hour when you became CEO, because you really matter to them. And, uh, and I, I think because of that, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's fantastic to see you doing what you're doing. What's next for you? What's next? Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, especially since the new year. And uh, what's next is inspiring with purpose. Uh, we as business leaders can change the world by our choices. And our team are, are going to deliver on meaningful change so that we leave the next generation with something that they're proud of. Ashley Gorey, I'm so honored that you uh, joined me today on Chatter That Matters. I love talking with you, Tony. Thanks very much for having me. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters. Download Chatter That Matters wherever you get your podcast or follow me at chatterthatmatters.ca or on Twitter at Tony Chapman. Let's chat soon.